Our message today, the title, will probably grab your attention. Now, it will grab your attention in different ways for different people. Let me just get this out of my way a little bit so it's not too much of a distraction for me, anyhow. Um, but the title of today's message is Global Warming in the Bible. Now, some of you are going to say, oh, no, the pastor's crazy. Or some are going to be excited. Some are going to want to lean forward. And they're going to want to hear it. Others are going to lean back. And, and you're going to be worrying about all kinds of things. So let's just get into things a little bit here. Global warming in the Bible. You may not, let me just warn you, you may not may not go all the places that you want it to go, and you might be surprised at what we talk about. So today there's a lot of talk about the climate change, and I don't claim to be an expert or claim to understand it, but if you, if you, uh, if you read what NASA says, that climate change includes global warming, but climate change is broader than global warming. It has to do with other things that change in the climate and other effects that have to do with global, but it all stems from the warming of the earth. So somehow that's circular to me, but global warming, global warming. But I just want to kind of highlight, these are some phrases that you've heard is scientists agree. Scientists agree. If I tell you that scientists agree that there's gravity, but on other things, scientists don't agree. And uh, just, just so you kind of think about those terms, there's all different kinds of aspects of things that you could say homeowners agree that they like their houses to be painted white. That's certainly true. Homeowners agree that they like their houses painted white. But not all homeowners agree. But homeowners agree. Sometimes they forget that some scientists agree. But scientists dis disagree on the global warming. Scientists disagree on wind. Some say it'll help the global climate, but at the same time it might have localized effects on the weather and you actually might be hotter because it slows down the wind. You might say it doesn't slow down the wind. Well, just read out there and you find if they get too many in the wrong places, you have problems. But not everybody agrees, but we do talk a lot about this global warming thing. I remember too one time, it just, it just gets confusing as we talk about things, when we built our house, or it seems like we're ever building our house, but they told us because I, we have an all-electric heat. They said because the all-electric heat is not as efficient that I had to add insulation because it would be more efficient for me to be burning, you know, gas or propane. It would be more efficient, and I don't need as much insulation. But because I'm using electric, because it's not as efficient, uh, as efficient in giving off heat, then I needed more insulation. So now it's just all confusing, isn't it? This whole global warming and what does it mean and which way's up. And scientists agree, but not all scientists agree, but some scientists agree. And so it's like, well, what do we do with that? You know, they can agree on the laws of physics, but sometimes when it gets into the engineering and how you put things together, and you get an analyst and, and see, I'm talking faster, but does that make you nervous? That's the whole thing. It can make you all nervous. But would you be surprising to know that the Bible says 
Oh, now I'm going to, some of you are going to say, okay, what's he talking about? The Bible, the Bible does agree there will be global warming. First, second Peter, let's go to second Peter chapter three. It just won't be man-made. Let me just throw that in there. Second Peter chapter three, verses one through four. Now, some of you that are Bible scholars or Bible have some experience in Scripture, you might be ahead of me, but we'll see. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip down to 10 through 18. 2 Peter 1 through 4, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 and 10 through 18. And Lord willing, I believe we will stay in that passage the rest of the message in chapter 3. So 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Behold, now I write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Remember, when Jesus ascended, they said he's going to come again. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now let's jump over now to verse 10. Verse 10, and we'll read through the rest of the chapter verse 18. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away and a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. If you were to look on our website and go back a while, you would find a message about New Jerusalem be a new Jerusalem, but there will be a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, what we know now will be, as Peter tells us here, and you find other scriptures to this as well, will be burned up, consumed. That's kind of the ultimate global warming. God's going to say, enough, enough. Now, those of us that uh, have accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior will be in heaven until he creates the new heaven and the earth, new earth, and we go from there. But you have to have that hope. See, global warming is going to happen, the kind that we just talked about, not man-made. in the sense that 
you could kind of state that the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was because of the sins that they had committed. If you want to go that route, it's because of the sins that they committed that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, rained down fire and brimstone. Or the flood, when Noah came, it's man's corruption was so that God wiped it out with flood. So I guess that could be man-made in that sense. There, our choices brought about our own destruction, our own judgment. And maybe we can agree on that. We can agree on that our spiritual state determines our eternity. The Bible agrees, as I was just telling you, that there will be global warming, just not the kind everyone thinks of. And how long do they say that we have? Some say 10 years, some say 12 years. They might say scientists agree on that, but I don't know if the scientists agree. And some, as we read in the first four uh, verses of this passage of Scripture, some would say, some would say, when is it ever going to happen? I think we forgot to read the last four verses, didn't we? Did we read verses 14 through 18? Well, why don't we read those? Therefore, beloved, verse 14 of chapter 3 of 2 Peter, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Wow, there's a lot in that passage of Scripture to kind of unpack. Let's just start a little bit on that verse. If, our, if we could pop up the verse, let's see, what verse was that? Verse 15. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. As we read through these uh, passages of Scripture, and we read a Scripture, sometimes the same Scripture can have multiple messages, and we're not going to preach all the messages that we could preach from this passage. I do want to highlight to you that Peter basically gives endorsement to Paul. Now why is that important? Just as a tidbit on the side, because you will run into some people that will exclude the epistles of Paul and say they're not valuable. They exclude the epistles of Paul, which are not, they say are not valuable. 
And what are the epistles? Epistles are the letters that Paul wrote. And Peter basically says what? As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. As also, verse 16, in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scripture. Wow. He's basically endorsing Paul. But we also find this pause in there that people twisting scripture. And what kind? It's the untaught and unstable, twist to their own destruction. We could spend a lot of time on that as well. But what we are we exhorted to do? You therefore, since you know this before and beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the ear of the wicked. So as we look at this passage here, he's basically saying, be careful because they're going to twist the scriptures around and make things kind of confusing. And some things are difficult already, especially to those he talks about that are untrained and unstable. I think he means in their faith, but I'm not for certain there, but untrained and unstable. So how does this get back to the global warming? God's global warming. Our admonishment is that as we know that there's coming the day of the Lord, there's a time when God's going to come back, that if we are looking forward to that, some look forward to 10 or 12 years or something that man is doing that will bring us to destruction. Missing the point that the choices that you're making will come to your own destruction. Because we need Jesus and we need a Savior, because the earth is going to be consumed at some point by a fervent heat by fire. So we, that's what we need to prepare for. If you try to change your trajectory of the world, if you're trying to change the trajectory of the world, I would suggest to you that you can't. You maybe can prolong it, I don't know. No, not sure. I'm not sure all scientists would agree to that either. The trajectory of the world is that Jesus is going to come back and the earth is going to be consumed and burn up. That's the trajectory. If you want to do something, if you say you care about people, the earth is going to weigh, but those souls will continue. We think about in the book of Romans where people are caught up with the creation instead of the creator. People are come caught up with the earth to the point they're willing maybe to sacrifice people. It seems backwards. It seems backwards. If you care about people, which is going to last longer, their soul or the earth? 
and soul. God loved, he sent, Jesus died, he arose, he's coming back. If you care about people and their trajectory, people's trajectory, the future holds in one way an eternity in hell, in other way an eternity with God. That's the trajectory that we need to consider. And we need to talk about people. God loves individuals. It says, for God so loved the world. He didn't mean God so loved the earth. It means God so loved the people. But Jesus loved the individual people. He loves the individual people. He talked to the woman at the well, but he also talked to the 5,000. He would heal multiples at a time or one at a time. He cares about the people. Many care about the groups. It's how the individual story supports the narrative of that group. Certain races or groups of people that are killed by police are more important than the same race of people killed by someone other than police. Do people really care about the individual? Or do they really care about their narrative? And telling their story to lift them up. Do they really care about the individual? They're worried about the earth. So many years out there. And they have their predictions of when. And those might come and go. But do they talk about the individual? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, but it may be in a narrow place. We want to today understand that the earth is going to come to its end. But let us focus on the individual. God is focused on the individual. That's why some churches maybe have small groups. We used to call small groups Sunday school classes, Bible studies. They got together, the disciples and Jesus, the 10 or 12, and then they had some of the bigger settings as well. But it's got to get down to the individual and talk of the individual. Instead of looping and grouping all the individuals together, that all white men or all 
all black men, or all black women, or all white women, or all Hispanics, or all this, or all that. That the individual that's craving for acceptance is lost in the all. What we want to acknowledge today that you are not lost in the all when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. It's about you and him. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with this church, but he wants it with you. He died for you. It's you that needs to accept his forgiveness. It's you need to ask him into your heart. It's you that need to take a deeper walk with Jesus. It's you that he wants to help in your particular problems and your particular situation. You don't have to wait in line to get help from Jesus. He understands. You don't have to explain everything to someone that might even be trying to help you and they just don't get it. He understands. You don't have to figure out how to get there, the information you need now. He understands. We are so worried, it seems, that about the big problems, we think those are the big problems, and we're trying to solve the big problems, that we're no longer concerned about the family, the family unit, the moms, the dads, the children. We don't only seem as much as we're concerned about the child as we are about the many, the generalities. I guess my big concern or the big concern is there are so many religions out there. There are so many religions out there. And global warming is a religion. There's a lot of political things that are a religion. And we as a church got to be careful we don't get caught up in those religions. We don't get caught up in the social justices. We don't get caught up in the group think. We don't get caught up in all these things. We just need to keep back in our Bible. We just got to realize that the day's coming. And you want people to get saved, you need to lead them to the Lord. You want people to get saved, you need to point them to the Bible. You want people to get saved, you need to focus on the people. You need to focus on the individual. Remind people that they're loved. Remind people that they are cared about. People are so worried about so many different things. But isn't it nice that when we have our hope in Jesus, that we have a source of wisdom, we have a source of help, we have a source of comfort, and if you don't know what to do over the next two years, you ask God and he can help you. And each time that you ask God and he helps you, there's like you can ask him again. And each time he helps you through that one little problem, it gives you confidence that he can help you in the bigger problem. I don't know what I would do in trying to deal with some of the problems that we confront if I had no one to go to that I was sure could answer my question. 
When some of you have laid in the hospital bed and your hearts have even stopped, the assurance to know that God was right there with you, not alone, the all-powerful. You don't need. Science isn't going to get you to heaven. Science is not going to protect, uh, save the planet. You can't save yourself through your good works. You can't save yourself by saving the planet. Celebrate the natural resources that God has given you. I know we just had Earth Day. That's great. That's great, but don't worship Mother Nature. Worship the Creator. Seek Him. Seek His solution. Don't be distracted. We want to help people? Let's point them to Jesus. Let's be standing together. Father God, I pray that you would just take my ramblings and my pieces of thoughts and may the truth of your scripture ring through. Sometimes, Father, we feel incapable and unable or just confused. Or, But your wisdom is beyond our wisdom. Your knowledge is far greater. And as we think about global warming, help us not to focus on the wrong global warming to the degree that we forget about your coming again. You're coming again. You're coming again. Do we live our lives acknowledging that you're coming again? Do we live our lives wanting to help people? Loving people? We need to point them to Jesus. Do we live our lives confused and wondering which way's up? Help us to be in your scripture to understand the things that are hard, but that it might encourage us and give us faith. The scientists all agree. No, they don't. Scientists agree, some of them do. On whatever the topic, they do seem to agree, I believe, on gravity. But may we sense the gravity of the situation that the Bible agrees. If you study it, the Bible agrees with itself. But the Bible is your word. Help us not to be fretting, be stressing, and worshiping the wrong God. Let our religion not be the religion of the day, but the religion of the ages. May our focus be on you. May our light shine in such a way that people will glorify our Father which is in heaven. May they see you through us. May we be the examples to others. May we be a hope of a future beyond this earth, but to the new heaven and to the new earth. Yes, global warming is coming, but it's not the man-made one. It's the one you're going to come when you purge the earth. Help us to be ever diligent. Help us to ever look beyond the crisis of the day to the crisis of eternity. 
and may we be seeking your face and obedient to you, we pray in Jesus' name.